Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. At this time, we're happy to turn our Bible <coughs> Instruction Time over to Brother Buck Matthews. If you want to open your Bible to John 14, put your finger there. <coughs> we won't start talking about that for a few minutes yet. But... Uh, I think I go over the idea of what I'm going to cover today. And the message today is, are you ready? Jesus is coming again. Are you prepared for his coming? Do you have your household in order? We'll be looking into also, do you fear death if he doesn't come before you pass on? Jesus promised in John 14 of his coming. What will the life on earth be like when he comes? 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 5, that we've read, is going to give us a description. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3, which we did not read, the day shall not come until the man of sin appears. In Revelation 13, for 18 verses there, this will be when the lawless one arises to power. And then the happy ending, Revelation 19, verses 11 to 21. The day shall be shortened. The King of kings and the Lord of lords will appear out of heaven. He is described and named and he's victorious over the Antichrist, the false prophet. And in Revelation 20, he's bound for a thousand years. Satan is bound for a thousand years. Our attitude. Are we waiting? Are we watching? Are we working? Are we worshiping? Until our Lord Jesus Christ returns for his own bride. Christ is now yearning to return. There's a time set. No man knows but the Father in heaven. But there is a time set. You know, lately, the last few years, I've heard many people say that, you know, they, they give a choice. Would you want to be in heaven now? Or would you want to wait? Well, of course, the younger ones are going to say, well, I want to wait. But sad to say, some of the older ones want to wait too, but I don't want to wait. I just can't wait till he comes. You know, <clears throat> mankind... The unbeliever, they're, they're looking out there and they're not sure what death is going to be like. I know they say, well, if I go to hell, that, that'll be where my friends are. Well, I don't know whether Hitler was your friend or not. I don't know whether Mussolini was. I don't know whether um, Judas Iscariot was your friend. I, I don't know whether different people, you can think down the, through the years of time and history, who were terrible, mean, wicked, evil people. And yet you say you want to be there. In Joe 14 and 10 it says, Man dieth and wasteth away. Man giveth up the ghost. And, and where is he? Do you know where you're going to be? And then Job 14, 14. Uh, if a man die, shall he, he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. See, Job believed in the coming of the Lord. This is my Redeemer liveth. And I know that even 
if I'm here on earth and the worms destroy my body, I will see him and I will be with him. <clears throat> in 1 John 4, 17 to 18, there's no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out the fear. Perfect love. That's the actual love manifested in the, in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's only the not knowing the purpose of his death that the Christian is able to think without fear of the day of judgment. For as he is, even so are we in this world. Our position in Christ is in, in Ephesians 2 and 6 that we are <clears throat> raised up together and seated together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. This is the perfect love of God accomplished for us. The assurance that he has set us free from the fear of death. Some of us never will experience death because Jesus could come now. This could be the day. Many things about tomorrow, I don't understand, but I know who holds the future. And I know he has my hand. And, and now we can go to John chapter 14. <clears throat> and verses 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and I prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am, there ye may be also. Now, this promise that he has given that he's coming again, it's promised a long time ago. It's been centuries. And yet, it's, it tells us in first, Second Peter 3, verse 8, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is to the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Meaning that it's already two days plus a partial day that he's been gone. He's into his third day sitting there waiting, waiting for the time. Will this be it? Will this be the time that he comes? And you say, well, what's it going to be like when he comes? How do we know that this is the time of his coming? Well, Matthew 24 and verse 36 to 39, that day and that hour knoweth no man, even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as it was in the days of Noah, it says, so shall it be in a day when the Son of Man cometh. Uh, they, were, they were eating and drinking, doing things normal. And they were marrying and giving in marriage. And that, that's something that an activity, a normal activity, in most cases, today. But until Noah went into the ark, that's when there was no other opportunity. And so that day will be a day when Jesus comes that you're not sure that he's coming. Are you ready? You need to be ready when Jesus comes. Let's turn to Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll be on that for a while. Now this will be a little dismal, but 
There's a good ending on this. 2 Corinthians. 2 Timothy, sorry. You were going to the right place in the first place. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll read a couple of verses again. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasting, proud, blasphemer, disobedient to parents, hmm, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fierce, despisers of those that are good, hmm, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than loving of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. And for this sort are they that which creep into, this kind of people will creep into houses and captive, leave captive silly women that laden with sins and led away with driver's lust and ever learning and never able to come to the truth. Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 2, it tells us that God hath in the last days spoken unto us in his Son. The last days, if he spoke to us in his Son, the last days, this must be the last of the last days. What's it going to be like? Perilous times are going to come. Lovers of themselves more than ever before. We know this is true. We know from the different selfies made and everything else sent out on internets and, and on uh, Facebook and all. And lovers are south more than ever before. That's what we have. They'll be covetous. That means wanting something of someone else's and don't want them to have it ever. They want it. They want it all. Boasters, imposters, puffed up. No true love at all. In these last days, from the time of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ until his return, they're going to be perilous in danger. Lovers of pleasures, no more lovers of God is the interpretation there. Lovers of pleasure, but no more lovers of God. Evil is getting deeper and more brazen than ever. It's more brazen than the scripture says. The scripture says men love darkness in John chapter 3. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Not today. They don't even need darkness anymore. They'll crash. The wind is out and they'll steal. They don't even need darkness anymore. They'll go up on the city street and a man standing right across the street and they'll bang him in the back of the head. And let him walk away and the guy falls down and Conscious and how terrible this place is. Told you it's kind of dismal, isn't it? Today's attitude, riots, school shootings, more than ever. I know the news is right on it and we see more of it now but than we did in the past, but you never heard of all this stuff. Sometimes, but very few. We should leave our doors unlocked. And, and that was it, you know. So the neighbors come and knock on the door and walk right in. No problems. But it's something else now. 
fierce corruption. I mean, when you think of it, how that they'll actually take a garbage bag and, and throw a baby in there and throw it in the dumpster. Terrible. They'll drop a baby down the steps. They'll abort their child because it's inconvenient to have them at this time. That's Planned Parenthood. Inconvenient to have them this time. We'll take it and kill it. Wow. Mm. Haunty, it says in here. Haunty, considering that the others are beneath you, you don't think that they are good enough. Railers, blasphemers, speaking abusively concerning other people. Disobedient to parents, no respect, unwilling to be persuaded by anyone at all. They know it, they have the answer, and that's it. Unholy and unrighteous, polluting minds and hearts. In verse 3, without natural affection. Wow. Don't get me started on that again. We talked about it already. Without natural affection, not even caring that your mother that you're hollering at, or your father, your grandfather, disrespecting them. Amazing. Thank the Lord we have some families here that the kids are very obedient to their parents, mostly. Disobedient to parents, unthankful without gratitude, unholy, without natural affection. Abortion is the actual root of this unnatural affection. Slanders, the word is diabolus, false accusers or demons. Fierce, savage likes in the streets of the city, savage. Not lovers of good, hostile to any good thought or deed. You're evil. You're racist. You're whatever. No, we have it today. The deeds. Only their ideas are correct. Everyone else is wrong. Traitor. Treacherous. To their dealings with others. Headstrong. Reckless. Puffed up. To wrap up in smoke or to, to be a smoke screen. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God is at the end of the chapter three, in verses 3 and 4. Living today by selfishness, lack of self-control and pride, angry or just downright mean. I read a story the other day how that there were these two cars one car was passing another car on the highway. It was I-4 or 95 or something. But this guy had that was passing had his windshield wipers on. And it sprayed over, over into the other guy's window. He should have said thank you and did the wipers. No. He went after and shot him because he sprayed water on his beautiful vehicle. <coughs> Having a formal godliness. But denying the power thereof. Turn away from these people. 
leading captives, silly women with no discretion or no morals, ever learning and never able coming to the truth. Stage is being set, believers, unbeliever, if you're here. The stage is being set. Satan has a short time left. He's going to come and set up a ruler. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3, this prince that shall come. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first of that man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that as God, he sitteth in the temple of God and showing himself that he is God. For the mystery of lawlessness does already appear. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 13. That was ugly. It's going to get more ugly. Revelation 13, in verse 1, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven horns and ten horns, having seven, seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads this name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leper, and his feet were the feet of a bear, and his mouth was the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat. That old dragon, that Satan. In verse five, 3, I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto this beast? Who is able to war with him? Verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things of blasphemy. Unto him a mouth speaking great things. And then power is given unto him to continue 42 months. And he opened his mouth and Blasphemy against God. To blaspheme his name and his tabernacle. Then they dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome it. Power is given unto him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth by the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Here we have Satan in the latter days. After the Lord has come for his own, he rises up and knows he has a short time. And he sets this man of sin this son of perdition, in charge of the world. I think he's alive today. 
being groomed for this time. And I think that the Satan knows that his time is short. That's why he has all this meanness and wickedness happening, not only in the nighttime, but in the daytime as well. Every time you turn a TV on, someone was shot, someone was killed, someone was hurt. That's the leading story every day in Orlando. Amazing. But here we have this man. I'm not going to get into the details what the heads mean or anything like that. But the point is, is that there is an evil trinity going to be formed. Satan, this false, uh, this uh, <clears throat> antichrist. And now in verse 11, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. <clears throat> he had two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a dragon. Hmm. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose de deadly head was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast. Remind you of the book of Daniel too. Made an image of the beast. And whoever didn't, didn't worship it died. Verse 15. He had power to give life Unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and call them as many as would worship the image of the beast, who would not worship the image of the beast, be killed. And he calls it both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond in their forehead to put a mark on the right hand or in the forehead. And no man might buy or sell to save he that has the mark of the name of the beast or of the number. And the number was six, six, six. Here we have the Trinity. And you say, well, these guys, are they gods too because they had power to do these things? This, my friend, is what we don't know and realize about Satan. He has power. He has power to do these things, to cause an image. I mean, Disney has power to take images and make them look like, you know, everybody. There's a lot of people that use imagery and, and images and, and make them move, and they're like real people even, even they look like real people. <clears throat> but he asked the people that were alive, that did not have the mark of the beast, to worship this one. Wow. Who is able, they said, to have war against that man of sin? Well, I think if we go to Revelation 19, we're going to find a man. A man in the glory. In verse 11, now I'm reading this because it's better to read the word of God than just to, to elaborate on what it says. <clears throat> Revelation 19, verse 11. <clears throat> a victory, a victorious entrance. I saw heaven open, 
and behold, a white horse. And him that sat on it was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress, and the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture a name on his thigh, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Who is able to make war against this puny, puny world ruler? The Lord Jesus Christ. I saw an angel in verse 17. saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying, To all the fowls that fly in the midst of the heaven, Come, gather unto together unto the supper of the great God. This is not the, the supper of the great Lamb. This is the supper of the great God. It's going to happen. <clears throat> and it's interesting to note that this one that they were worshiping and said, who's going to be able to make war? That they just sent one angel down from heaven to grab a hold of that whippersnapper and throw him into the lake of fire, grab the, the uh, false prophet, throw him into the lake of fire. <clears throat> that leaves one, doesn't it? And that one is Satan. <clears throat> Chapter 20 and verse 1. I saw an angel come down from heaven <clears throat> having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. I believe this is a separate place <clears throat> than the lake of fire. <clears throat> but he laid a hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit. <clears throat> What is it going to be like when he comes? Terrible. But we're not going to be here. I don't believe we are. I believe this is Jacob's troubled time. <clears throat> I believe that that's, that's the judgment of the nations time. And I believe that Satan will be tied in chains for a thousand years. That's as if 1922 to 2022. That's a hundred. That's a thousand years. That's a long period of time when you think of what happened in the U.S. over this period of time. We're going to sit and reign with Christ for a thousand years. <clears throat> What's going to happen after that? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out about the third week of September when I get to up here again. We're going to stop there, and I just want you to consider: Are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus to come? Is he going to catch you waiting, watching, and worshiping? And working for him 
Or are you going to come and it'll be a surprise to you that he has not come yet? Or will it be a surprise or a hope possibly in your heart that Jesus will come today? What if it were today? That would be a good song to sing, but I don't have the number. What if it were today that Jesus comes? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank thee for the opportunity to explore the way the world is going to be, and it's like it today. We believe it so much like that. And we know that the people in the years earlier have said the same thing. But they hadn't seen nothing yet. <clears throat> and we haven't. <clears throat> we have peace here in the U.S., our Father. We thank thee for the peace that we have. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all would. We pray for the Ukraine people, that you will give them peace and safety and, and watch over them. <clears throat> Take care of that evil dictator in your own way, Lord. <clears throat> and we're just trusting that something will come, uh, peace will come soon to Ukraine. We pray for all of Europe, Lord, because they're all in danger of this man who's, who's part crazy, Lord. We just trust that you'll take care and deal with his meanness and him as himself. You can even save him, Lord. We commit it to thee because we know that we weren't worthy to be saved and yet you saved us. We thank thee, our Father, for our Savior who loved us and gave himself for us. Thank you for the time we've had in the reading of the word and the consideration of, of what it's like down here. We think it's ripe, it's ready for the Antichrist to take over, so it must be ready for Christ to come again. He's sitting there waiting. Oh, Father, he's waiting to be sent. Send me again. Here am I. Send me and let me change those bodies that we might be like unto his glorious body, his body of glory, and be with him forever and ever, ever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for traveling mercies home too. In thy name we pray. Amen.